Hello friends, it's Tessa, and you're listening to the Misconceptions Podcast. Okay, so there's like nine people in my house right now. That's fine. Maybe seven. Um, been shot. That was a new experience. I don't think I've been shot before. I should know that. That's a fact that you, someone should know about their life. What is even happening? Maybe we can figure this out with this whole group here. Maybe Wooded knows something that he hasn't told me yet that he doesn't know he's supposed to tell me. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like we're almost there. Previously on Misconceptions, the crew was beset upon on two different fronts. Betrothed couple. Betrothed couple. Um, Faye, as Leslie Williams at the City Hall, uh, was found out. She was recognized by Deacon, who told the head of security, Cooper Wheatley, who then turned into not a beast man, but he got hairy and grew claws and attacked Faye and Faye barely escaped with her life sustaining heavy injuries and um, she also sacrificed uh, her body to uh, save one Deacon Smith the very person who had uh, ratted her out Um, but she still found time to save I'm sure that won't come back in any ways. Uh, Meanwhile, the crew was uh, attacked on their island by a paramilitary force equipped with uh, uh, assault rifles and uh, assault gear with armored vehicles and uh, beast men who were somehow being controlled. Um, And they were also equipped with armor. And they were there to seemingly kidnap the beastmen on the island. Uh, and Bill, Esther, Rin, and Javi escaped the island, but not before they came face to face with Jesse and Jimmy. And it occurred to me last episode that I had two J names as villains. Uh, we have lots of L's and lots of J's in this podcast. But uh, Jesse and Jimmy and uh, Bill finally killed Jesse. Uh, And he uh, felt a little bit of guilt or remorse. He had a lot of emotions about that, and he is unpacking that. Uh, But the crew did escape. They reunited, meeting up with Woodard and Mohammed, and uh, rendezvousing at Faye and Woodard's uh, cottage in the, uh, the forest of the city park. Uh, they have come together and they decided, we all know information. We need to get to the bottom of what is happening in the city. Let's pull our information and also eat some of Muhammad's spinach puffs. So that is where we begin this episode. Everybody in the cottage living room. Um, let's jump right into it. Thanks, Muhammad. We appreciate the snacks. Oh, of course. Uh, I mean, I figured it was the least I could do. Okay. Um. All right, thoughts, ideas? The way I see it, we all, being the crew that's been together from the beginning, kind of know what we all know. And there's three people here that everybody may not know what they know. So... Woodard and Muhammad and Javi, if y'all could maybe give us some information. I think what's funny here, though, is that David is playing Woodard and yeah. Javi and Muhammad all at the same time. 
Yeah. That's how desperate the crew is for answers. We need the DM to make it happen for yeah. us. I, I am so very thankful that uh, you have decided to have a discussion-heavy episode <laughs> with all of these NPCs. And I was actually going to open up the floor. Do we want to invite like any other NPCs? into this uh conversation you know we could get linda in here with the the wizard mask voice we could get, uh, kevin. We could get alec yeah we could get kevin we need um do we have a kevin we need lisa yeah. from the forest we need lisa from the forest with her uh vaguely german accent yeah let's just get them all in here i'm down I with lisa lisa's dead to me jesus I, and some of the kids probably need to be in yep yeah let's get x-ray x-man in here not x-ray that's a holes character <laughs> um and then zero and yeah zero and stanley, stanley yelnats yeah <laughs> yeah no <laughs> what did what was your experience with cooper wheelie um i've uh briefly uh, mentioned it already but uh he was a crooked cop uh we uh he was laundering some money uh helping the the mafia a little bit uh well muhammad and i uh very early on in our lawyering careers we uh ousted him and uh he lost his job because of it uh, i assume he uh carries a big grudge because of that uh he worked for uh some security um security firms that we had run-ins with um he began to uh uh how would you describe it muhammad uh he uh became a beast man kind of i don't know he he muhammad like lifts up his shirt and you see uh muhammad has a, a very hairy uh <laughs> chest and abs and but he has very well-defined abs he's very muscular but he pulls <laughs> this up and he has like just these huge scratch marks going from one rib cage down across his abs uh, this was uh something that it get oh, Muhammad, please put your shut down. I God. Faith throws up her ankle and is like, Hey, we have matching scars. We do. Most people get matching tattoos, but I think it's pretty awesome that we have matching scars. Yeah. And he gives you a fist bump. Nice. Uh yes, but as I was saying, um we encountered him a few times. Uh he began to develop powers. Uh, he was a real thorn on our sides, uh, and, uh, he kind of disappeared from our radar recently. We haven't seen him, uh, you know, doing any security jobs for the mafia lately. And we've been hitting them pretty hard. Yes, we, we have. Thank you, Muhammad. Uh. Wait, what do you mean you've been hitting them hard? We have, um, we target, uh, safe houses. And, uh, capos. And, uh, just trying to, uh, you know, uh, halt their, um, their crime. Because they, uh, get rich off of the pain of others, and that is something I cannot abide. Faye gets, like, that happy googly eyes. And, like, smiles and stares at Woodard. And Woodard, very cocksure of himself, smiles and, like, winks at Faye. Esther's eyes get and she's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so I don't know how everybody is sitting, but Faye in this is like, I imagine we're kind of all like in a circle around like sitting on different furniture, the floor, stuff like that. And Faye like has a journal out and is like taking notes as mm -hmm. everybody is mm -hmm. talking. Yeah, and Faye is sitting, or not Faye, Woodard is sitting next to you, like lean forward, his fingers steepled in front of him. Muhammad is sitting on a stool kind of behind the couch with his arms crossed. Esther's sitting on the floor. And I guess Javi is uh, standing behind you uh, against the wall. So do we have anyone that, I don't know, I mean, <clears throat> do we have anyone to go after, to investigate? I mean, we know that Jimmy the Butcher's alive and he's more, well, bestial. What's our game plan? Like, are we going to do something? We still don't know where the kids are. And if Pip Hamill's a gingerbread man, it means he isn't the music man. Or he was, and now somebody else is the music man. So we just take down different people in the government? Javi, what do you know? 
Uh, well, I guess it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that, uh, I'm, uh, I was in Carmine Giuseppe's pocket for a lot of my career as a police officer. Um, of course, that came to an abrupt end whenever I, uh, shot Pip Hamill in the gut. Um, and Woodard kind of nods, oh yeah, we, uh, Muhammad and I had you on a, a board, uh, as a, as a dirty cop, we just couldn't, uh, couldn't catch you. Harvey nods. I mean, that's, uh, that's fair. Uh, I guess I kind of deserve that. But, uh, I've been, uh, enmeshed in the Mafia for a long time. Um, I've been working with Carmine Giuseppe since, uh, before he was... Damn, uh, he rubs the back of his head. Since he was a capo, um, he rose up through the ranks, kind of became, you know, the mob boss that he is. Uh, but how did you get started with him? Yeah, um, your dad and I, uh, we grew up on the streets, uh, poor neighborhood, strong community. I mean, we... We fought for everything we had with our own hands. Uh, in fact, <laughs> we had a, a nickname around our neighborhood. We were called the One-Two Punch, because if one punched you, the other was coming right after it. Uh, yeah, we were tight. Um, and I guess through, uh, you know, needing to put food on the table for our families, our parents, we uh, got meshed up doing some jobs for the, for the Mafia. Uh, we met Lena. And uh, we just... Kept working for Carmine, uh, kind of got in tight with him, and as he rose through the ranks, we rose through the ranks. He eventually had enough pool to get me uh, into the academy. Uh, then I took the detective test, uh, and he was kind of there supporting me through all that. Uh, your dad uh, started the bar. Um, it was a mafia front for a while, place to lie low in the bunker downstairs uh we uh smuggled guns uh you see Faye right like she glances up at esther because Faye had always suspected javi and did not trust him from the beginning and you see Faye right on her notes javi was always bad and i was right but she doesn't say anything out loud I was the man on the inside working with the police force, you know, hiding, hiding evidence and skewing data, covering tracks. Um, your dad worked the bar to front, keeping it open for the mafia, but, and he puts a hand on your shoulder, Esther, but your dad wanted out. And, uh, he, he arranged something with Carmine so that he did get out. Uh, of course, I wasn't lucky enough, and I had to keep paying my dues. Uh, so hang on. This whole time that we've been fighting the Mafia, you have known about the Mafia and have been working with them, and yet just now given us information that you've been working with them the whole time? Well, all right, hold on there. Uh, whiz kid. Uh, here's the thing. I have been working with the Mafia. I've been working with them, you know, all the time since you started doing your whatever. But, uh, your names never came to me. Uh, Carmine never gave me a hit order on you. Uh, never, never anything like that. Uh, hell, I didn't even know uh, y'all were making a ruckus until uh, Esther brought me into it. Uh, so... I mean, the Mafia was never doing anything, but here's the thing. <sighs> a while back, um, the Mafia started getting squeezed. Uh, some, I mean, the Mafia's old money. Uh, they've been here forever. The families are all embedded across the city. Uh, to uproot them would be to uproot the city. Uh, a few years ago, uh, they... Somebody else started trying to horn in on the action, uh, targeting different uh, mafia locations, safe houses, taking out capos, 
really struggling to control real estate, uh, sometimes by actual gang warfare and also then sometimes just by straight up buying up property. So uh, I was never able to figure out who was behind this new money, uh, but I did learn a name and actually, you, he looks at Esther, you, uh, your dad was the one who helped me get the name, uh, but the Cabal. So is that why her dad's dead? That, uh, that was what I thought. Um, but then you also said that he worked out a deal with Carmine Giuseppe. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he got back into it. I don't know why he was looking into it. Um, but yeah, he, he did. And, uh, we were working together again for a little bit. The next thing I know, I get the call that my best friend shot himself in the head in his own bar. But, uh, Esther and I both know it wasn't that. Somebody killed him. There's somebody in the cabal. I know that much. Who do you know is in the cabal? I mean, obviously Carmine. And we figured out that Bill's old boss was in the cabal. Who do you think well, is well, in the well, cabal? He, uh, he stops you. Carmine has nothing to do with the cabal. He's in charge of the mafia. The cabal is what's moving in on Carmine's business. So I was kind of tasked with finding out what the cabal was and who was in it. And uh, Pip Hamill, who was then the DA, uh, was kind of uh, making it difficult to uh, investigate and kind of putting a lot of freeze orders on uh, different uh, search warrants and uh, things like that. Uh, He was a real pain in my side there. Um, and then he was running against, uh, Corallo. So, uh, I guess I should have put it together sooner, but he, he, I guess he's in the cabal, or I guess he was, you know, if he's dead, like y'all saying, but you said, uh, Jeremiah, the, the guy that was murdered at the Golden Flamingo Casino, he was part of the cabal. I mean, yeah, we got a domino piece from Jeremiah. And found their secret meeting room. Faye is staring at Bill ever since Cabal was mentioned. Faye has not stopped staring at Bill. Um, what, huh? What are you looking at? Feels like something you should know about. Uh, not really. I mean, I, I worked for the guy, but it was, um... Not like I was his right-hand man or anything. He really didn't like me that much. The feeling was mutual. I mean, we found what we found, but that was news to me as well. So, so Woodard speaks up. So, hold on a second. Uh, the mafia is bad, right? Like, I'm, I've dedicated my life to bringing down the mafia. I'm not hearing we shouldn't be supporting the mafia. Right. Yeah, I mean, the Mafia's bad, the Cabal is bad, so who's good? Well, I think it's the people in this room. We don't have all the pieces yet. Yeah, but how can we get all the pieces? Like, can you go back, Javi, into the Mafia and get some more info and, I don't know... Surely Carmine knows more than he's willing to tell us. Surely there's a way we can convince him to tell us all he knows. Uh, I mean, I guess I could, but I mean, half my life is tainted by just being in their grip. I would, uh, I mean, I'd do whatever I could to help y'all all out, but I would, I would like to pursue uh, other venues if we could. How did you get out of it now? Uh, Carmine called, told me to kill Pip Hamill, and he said, if you do that, all debts are paid. So the Mafia wants the Cabal gone. But why, Esther, I know this has to be so hard for you, 
why did James's mother die the same way your dad did? I don't know. How is she connected at all to this? How was, was James connected? Wasn't the cabal buying those apartments? Wasn't the cabal involved in that endeavor? I don't know. Who, um, what was his name? Mr. Smalls. Thank you. Whatever happened with him? Well, I mean, we went by his office, uh, me and Bill went by his office to see if he was there, and it was empty. And that's when we found, we need to go see, um, Lynn. What's he gonna know? I don't know, but when we went to go see Mr. Smalls was when we met Lynn. If I remember right, was it the wizard who hired Lynn? And the wizard is Linda Lockwood, right? And she's part of the cabal. Yes, and she was trying to bring down the mafia. Who? Why? Why and when did you start going after the mafia? The pound. We went to the pound. And we saw all of the beasts in the cages, or the, the men that were being turned to beasts. And Linda was there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, things we know. <laughs> Nothing. Um. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, who, who, what, why did you start targeting the mafia then? Why didn't you target the cabal? didn't know about the cabal we went to the gala and we made the connection with carmine and someone was gonna shoot the mayor i maybe we just assumed they were going to shoot uh pip right who is running against corallo who is correct 100 percent in the mafia's pockets and harvey's like yeah yeah he was a he was a stooge that uh carmine giuseppe kind of set up to be them, Maya. So then Pip was the Cabal? Is that what we have figured out? It's an asterisk. I mean, he doesn't seem like Mafia because he's running against the Mafia's guy. Yeah. Right, and he was shot. Or was he an, an individual that is not even connected to the Cabal? It was just his own person. Do we know that? He was shot by the man in the wolf mask that couldn't speak. Hmm. And had a similar disposition as our gingerbread Pip. Maybe we didn't know what we thought we knew. But either way, the kids were being used. Right. But they were... They were trying to take down the Mafia as well, correct? But the kids were being used by the music man, right? Right. They were when we were at the uh, construction site. Yeah. They, it was, there was three sets of people. There was the children, there was us, and there was the mafia. And the and children were trying to bomb the mafia. Yes, and um, we, when we first met, you were there to ask Muhammad about the Rat Pack. Um, and I remember talking about the Rat Pack, and uh, I didn't realize they were children. Uh, but I did know that they were targeting mafia strongholds, uh, and kind of—I mean, I—I I thought they were on the same side as us. I feel like a complete ass now thinking about it. But they—they they were kind of doing my job for me. The kids were? Yes, I, I didn't know they were kids at the, the time, but yes, the Rat Pack was targeting the mafia. Do you mafia. know that you're shaking your drink? Oh, I crazy. do. I <laughs> was, well, I was trying to decide if you could hear it on <laughs> yes. your finger. I was like, I don't know if you can hear it. It'll probably be very faint, but I was, I was talking and moving, so I, I picked it up to take a drink, but then I got interrupted, so I forgot it was in my hand. <laughs> and then I just kept shaking it while I was gesticulating. Don't, uh, 
Should I leave the room first before I gesticulate? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Word is disgusting. That's like the <laughs> grossest word ever. Gesticulate? Oh, what does oh, it even mean? My gosh. It means it means gesturing. It's another word for gesturing. Okay, we'll say gesturing. We'll say gesturing. <laughs> the English language is varied and beautiful, and there are so many different ways to say words Quit that we use gesticulating every day. And some ways David. to see them is bad. <laughs> Moist. <laughs> <laughs> that is a moist gesticulating moment. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how does Jeremiah and whatever weird crap Bill was going on in the Golden Casino connect to Esther's dad and James's mom being murdered in a suicide fashion, connect to Pip Hamill being part of the cabal, connect to Linda Lockwood as the wizard using children to take down the mafia. Bill, what is it you did at the casino? I was a... I was a car dealer. Great. What is it you did behind the scenes? I was an enforcer for unpaid debts. And what happened to those who didn't pay their debts? They got enforced. <laughs> uh Bill, what does that mean they got enforced? Um sometimes it'd be some knee cracking, some threats, roughhousing. You name it, I did it. And didn't you don't you put people into poker chips? I mean People into poker chips? Faye like whips her head around. <laughs> Uh, he sucks someone's being into a poker chip. I don't know how to explain it. The person was there, and then now they weren't. I think everybody in the room, their eyes kind of drift to the two poker chips that are hanging on a necklace around Bill's neck. He's always had them as long as you've known them. He's always worn them around his neck. Faye stands... And, like, it would be unnoticeable to anyone except for the crew that knows her. But, like, the plants are ready, and she is staring at Bill. And, like, Woodard can sense her change. Huh. So you're gonna tie me up? Uh, what is this? I want to know why you've been so quiet. I want to know what's going on. I want to know why you've been sucking souls into poker chips, and why you never really tell us about your background. If you must know, I've been so quiet because I killed somebody, and I guess it's happened before, but this one hit me harder than I expected. I had to see a bunch of people that I lived with for quite a while, dragged and taken away right in front of me and I couldn't do anything to stop it. We all know Jeremiah was supernatural. You know I'm supernatural. And one of the tasks I was given, if they could never pay their debt, was to take their soul. Sometimes just because, uh, sometimes it was to leverage against other people so that they would pay the person's debt. And the reason that I did it was because that same leverage was used against me. I don't know how it worked. I don't know how to undo it. I don't know how to reverse it. And that may have died with Jeremiah. Um, and if it did, then it means I will never get my wife and son back out of these poker chips around my neck. But yeah, I'm not a boogeyman. I just did what I had to do. Bill, I'm sorry. What was your debt? I'm going to go outside for a second. No, Bill, this is important. Maybe we can help you get your wife and son back. Bill, please. We're a team. We're a family. We want to help you. You're not my family. Not like that. And then he walks outside. I think Woodard puts a hand on your arm. I, uh, I think he just needs a moment, hon. We don't have moments.
Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 67 of Misconceptions. I'm your friend, David White, bringing the energy, bringing the heat. This episode's fire. Here's my mixtape. I hope that you are all having a good week. I hope that you're all uh, spreading some love around. And you know what? You spread love to us by listening to this episode and commenting on our Facebook page and our Twitter page. And, uh, well, I wanted to thank you for spreading love our direction. And I hope that someone spreads some love in your direction, especially if you're having a rough week. I hope somebody comes along, picks up your spirits, tells you to keep on going, tells you you're handsome, beautiful, eh? I don't know what that was. But anyways, uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode, and let's get to some show notes. Up first, before I forget, there is a geek out during the credits at the end of this episode, so don't forget, stick around after our closing song to hear some uh, out-of-character conversation about this episode, about this session, about themes and leveling up and crew relations and all of that good, good stuff. And you know, speaking of spreading some happiness around, we at the Misconceptions Podcast Network are very happy and very excited because we are less than $40 away from our 400-month goal. That is crazy that we are so close to hitting that $400 a month goal that will allow us to pay our cast for each episode they record. To break that down into more obtainable numbers, that means if eight people pledge $5 a month, just $5, that means that we would hit our $400 a month goal. We are so, so close, you guys. And if you are someone that listens to our show and hasn't decided to support us yet, I would ask you to strongly consider it because if you like this show, then I would think that you also like the players behind the voices of these characters. And you would possibly like to see them get paid. Uh, So if you can pledge any amount, we would so, 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 so appreciate it. As long as it is sustainable and as long as it is safe for you to do so, we ask that you please financially support us. And if this is not safe for you or sustainable for you to support us right now, that's okay. And we totally understand. Things are crazy out there right now. But if you can't support us financially, a way that you can help us is by sharing us. Sharing us via word of mouth with your friends, people you come into contact with, your gaming group, your gaming store, uh, sharing us on social media, playing our episodes for people that might not have heard them before. Uh, Sharing our show is going to grow our listenership, bring more friends into this network with us. And uh, of course, we want more and more people to listen to our show, to get enjoyment out of our show and to have us hopefully brighten up their days but also with new listeners we have the chance to maybe get new patrons so if you cannot be a paying patron maybe somebody else could Uh, and that's no slight against anybody but if you just want to help the show uh, consider sharing us if you can't support us financially and don't forget that if you create a new pledge this month or if you up your pledge level to the next tier you will be entered into a drawing to get one of the last misconceptions posters that were ever printed just like our new patron Linda Wallace. Linda Wallace, thank you so much for uh, supporting us at the level that you have. Uh, You are helping us get ever, ever closer to that $400 a month goal. We thank you so much for that. And your name is entered into a drawing to get a new Misconceptions poster. I hope you win, and I hope you like your poster. Well, that's it for the show notes this week. Short and sweet. Let's get back to this episode. Ren gets up and walks outside as well. Esther remains on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, so what now? I don't know. I 
trying to get everybody to participate. I'm trying to communicate. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And no one else really seems all that interested in that. It's not that everybody's not interested, but not everybody has something to say. We're all processing. Well, okay. Uh, who do we know was in the cabal? That's the thing. Like, there's literally no straight answers there. Well, if I'm hearing correctly, Jeremiah was in the cabal? Possibly. He had a domino. Okay, what was this domino? I heard that somebody yeah. mentioned it earlier. It's opened up a portal. thing. It's a meeting room. Yeah. A, a meeting room. Uh, can we get back there? Uh, no. No. Mm-mm. The domino doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jeremiah speaks up. Wait, who? <clears throat> Not Jeremiah. <laughs> I was like, uh, Jeremiah's alive? What? Jeremiah yeah. just appeared in the house and... Um, Harvey speaks up. Harvey. Uh, all right, so we can't get back there. Uh, describe the, the meeting place to me. What did, what did you see? What was it like? Um, there was red curtained walls. Mm. There was a table in the center of the room. There was... Five chairs around the table. Um, they were all pushed up to the table. Um, when we lifted the curtains or moved the curtains, it was just brick wall. That so there was no door, no uh, window, anything like that. No. <coughs> so you don't know what part of the city it was in, then. It was more like it was in the sky. What? That's how Esther pictured it. Is that right? <laughs> okay. It was like in the sky. It was through a portal. Like, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't go through a door. It was a portal in the sky. And at one point, it disintegrated and we were free falling. All right. uh, So there's uh, five chairs. We can assume five chairs for five members of the cabal. Faye, do you have like a whiteboard or something in the room? Uh, sure. Okay, yeah, I think Javi walks over to it and grabs a marker, and, like, uncorks it and starts writing on the, the whiteboard. Alright, so, we have five chairs for five members. Uh, let's assume Jeremiah, uh, Pip Hamill, and Linda Lockwood. That leaves us with two other members. We know it's not Carmine, because he's Mafia. Yes. Could it have been Jacoby? Uh, who's, uh, who's Jacoby? He's, he was the doctor guy that makes all the beast people. Okay. Uh, so he made the beast people. Uh, sure. Let's, let's put Jacoby down. So it leaves us with one person. Now, Pip is dead. He puts an X through Pip's name. Uh, Jeremiah is dead. Puts an X through that name. Linda is missing? Correct. And, uh... Jacoby's dead. So three out of the five members are dead. Who are you sure my dad's actually dead? Yeah. I, I saw him. I, um, I followed his body all the way to the morgue. And then what? And then he was processed. We went to his funeral. Your dad wouldn't. Your dad's not part of the cabal, Mr. You're saying he's not part of the cabal. You're not saying he's dead. He's, he's dead, kid. I, I saw him. I was there. When did you last see him? At the morgue. Esther, I'm sorry to interrupt. What if it's Cooper Wheatley? Or what if it was Marcus Malcolm? Uh, Cooper Wheatley's a goon. I don't... There's no way that he's risen up in the ranks that much. Okay. What about Marcus? The, uh, the GA? The kid that was found dead in the, uh, the warehouse a year ago? I don't know. Let's cut outside from that scene. Uh, Bill, you walked outside. Uh, what are you doing outside? Just walking around. Okay. I think uh, you, you walk around for a bit and the door closes and you see Ren step outside with you. So, uh, tough crowd in there, huh, Bill? What is it? 
Just, uh, well, trying to make conversation. Do you know why people step outside? To get fresh air and smell the flowers. And usually to avoid conversation. Well, I'm trying to avoid the conversation too, so maybe we can avoid the conversation together, Bill. <sighs> I put my life on hold to help figure out this mystery because I was hoping that would bring the two most important things in my life back and every day that passes and every second that this big ball of yarn keeps unraveling and getting messier and messier it seems like I'm further away from that it is so frustrating I don't know how you can make me feel better. Well, obviously can't bring your wife and child back, but you still don't know that we could solve this and figure it out. I mean, maybe Jeremiah knew one answer, but maybe there's another way. I mean, he was a part of the cabal. Surely someone else, Linda Lockwood, or I don't know, someone else surely could know the answer to how to get your child and your wife back. Surely Jeremiah is not the end. And what if we get there and the answer is that you can't? Then we will figure out the answer for ourselves. There's always a backwards way to go to figure out something. We just gotta find the right answer. The one that fits. It's like puzzle pieces. We just gotta find the right puzzle piece. Alright. I'll be back in in a little bit. I just need a little more time. Okay. Well, it helps. I mean, I am connected to some future robot that might know how to bring people back via poker chips. So, you know, there's always a possibility. Uh, what? And then Ren gives him a blank stare and is like, well, I'll uh, see you inside, Bill. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a second. <laughs> I, I'm just about to open the door, and then I turn around. I'm like, yeah, what's up, Bill? What's on your mind? I just bared my soul to you. What are you talking about, future robot? Oh, I mean, like, I have these, you know, like, the cybernetic brain, and, like, I talk to this future robot about, you know, maybe preserving the future, and this future robot just kind of, like, gave me the mission, as it were. You know, I mean, it's just casual stuff. Can you ask it about my wife and son? I mean, I don't see why not. When? Well, it's in the city. In an abandoned warehouse. Oh. Hmm. You know, we were talking about places to go. That would have been a great place to go, now that I think about it. <laughs> Alright. I'm feeling a little better. As long as you're going to take me to this place, we're going to figure this out, right? Yes, of course, Bill. Always. Alright. Let's go. Alright. So I guess uh, you both walk in at this time. Alright. You see uh, uh, four names written on the board. Linda. Uh, oh gosh, who was it? Linda, Jeremiah, Pip, Dr. Jacoby, and... Uh, you see Malcolm, well, Malcolm's name was probably writ written up there, but then erased. Um, and then there's a blank left with a big circle, or a big circle and a question mark on it. Welcome back, I'm glad you're here. We went after the Mafia, maybe for different reasons, but remember when we went to the pier, and there was the alien monster thing, and then it destroyed Esther's ball? I'm very sorry. Um, Jimmy the Butcher was the one looking for that monster. We mistakenly went after the Mafia at that time, thinking the Mafia was bringing the monster. But it was Jimmy. What if Jimmy was the fifth chair? Uh, yeah, I heard, I heard something about that. Uh, I didn't, um, like a honest-to-God monster, like a Godzilla kind of thing? I mean, it did destroy a bar. That's what destroyed your bar. I thought it was just a bad car wreck. No, um, me and the animal connected. And 
There were four other guys there? I don't remember who they were connected to. But they are no longer. And the beast is now safe. In this forest, actually. And Javi, like, like leans and looks out the window to see if, like, there's a monster in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, there's just, like, a monster running laps. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, anyways, uh, I didn't know it was, a, it was a monster, but, you know, in the Mafia channels, I did hear about uh, something coming in, a shipment, some, some sort of weapon or something that they were going to use against the Cabal. So it was the Mafia bringing it in. Uh, I'm, I guess. So Jimmy the Butcher is Mafia. Oh, yeah. 100%. The Butcher is a title that's been in the Mafia family for uh, years. Uh, basically a, uh, um, an elite uh, hitman. Uh, they, they're the, the go-to to take care of different problems in the city. Uh, Jimmy is just the latest that was to bear that title. So who's taking his place? Um, I don't know. There was a few names being put forward uh, whenever I was, you know, left. But Jimmy had the drugs too, right? At the Pizza Palace? Who was there? That's a question for the guys, because we weren't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did find a, a, a vial of the drugs there. I found an operating table. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was an operating table to create the monsters. Or experiment on people? Torture. But having a vial of the drugs, that's not like he was selling it. If he just had one vial, he found it. Or, right, it's know. possible. Yeah, Jimmy was a... He was a twisted guy. Uh, he took twisted joy system. in hurting people. The only other person I can think of who's been around this entire time is Deacon. So you think he's a part of something else? I don't want to think that. So the Jimmy the Butcher angle is actually pretty interesting because Jesse worked for Jeremiah and they were both at the island whenever everything was happening with the portals. They weren't fighting each other and they were both trying to kill us. So it would seem as though Jimmy has at least some level of involvement with the Cabal. Oh, and oh, Javi was there, so he would have seen yeah. Jimmy. Uh, oh my God, that was Jimmy, that thing on the island. Yeah, yeah, or some form of him at least. What the hell happened to him? I guess the cabal got a hold of him, or the drugs, or both. God. So we know. We're supposed to be going after the Cabal. Yeah. How do we do that? Find Jimmy. I've got to talk to Lynn. What if we use the monster to find Jimmy? You said you had some connection with it. Could you, I don't know, talk to it and make it find Jimmy the Butcher or other people? No, Lisa has it now and she does not agree with that tactic well screw lisa but i mean this is kind of like the fate of the city yeah but lisa has him has the monster blocked yeah Faye can't connect to the monster now and you woodard's like struggling with the words I know you still have guilt over what you did when you were bonded with the monster. I wouldn't want you to put yourself through that again unless it was absolutely necessary. Yeah, I don't want to either. I murdered four people. I feel like I need to go see Lin. He had direct connection to the wizard. He was kind of half-beast. I don't know. We haven't touched base with him in a long time. And it feels like a loose end. 
Do you need someone to go with you? Yeah, I mean, I'd love for us all to go. I don't think all of us can go out anywhere together. Like, there's no way. You make good points. So what if you went with Woodard and Mohammed? Those are, I mean, they're both not wanted like all four of us. Well, we could do that, but uh, Mohammed and I could work our ends. I assume, Harvey, you could uh, look into your leads. We have a lot of questions and we could pursue those answers. I'll be honest, uh, Muhammad and I work best together and I think the four of you work best when you're all together. I mean, you're a team. Faye looks at the group. Are we a team? I mean, as much as we can be, but we're all one. And if we're all together, we're going to get found out. We've already busted our covers countless times. Yeah. Just feels like we're really split apart lately. We might as well just die together anyways. We've come this far. We have to get through this before we can do anything else. I guess if we go in the disguise of the night, then maybe we can pull it off and we can go see Lynn. But can we trust him not to blow our cover? Yeah, he can't remember anything after a day. (laughs) Well, I mean, he won't blow our cover if he can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then we should go right at midnight. (laughs) (laughs) Right at dawn. All right, guys. Well, sounds like we all have our individual missions. Muhammad walks to the middle of the room and puts a big hairy hand out in the middle of it. Everybody get in here. Come on. Come on, guys. Get on in here. We're a big team together. Yeah. Let's work together as a team, guys. And Ren puts his hand in. Esther looks at Faye. (laughs) Faye shakes her head at Esther. (laughs) (laughs) And puts her hand in. (laughs) Woodard puts his hand on top of yours. Bill puts his hand in. Esther puts her hand on top of Bill's. Javi puts his hand in. Oh, God, what are we going to get ourselves into? (laughs) We're already in it. Hey, who knows what's going to happen, but we're in it together. Let's say together on three. One, two, three. Together. And I think that's where we end this episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Missed Conceptions. Our next episode will be released on June 8th. If you have a Facebook or Twitter, don't forget that you can like us on both of those platforms to get up-to-date information about the show, exclusive preview clips of upcoming episodes, and just chat with us because we'd like to hear from you. We also have an email at misconceptionspod at gmail.com if you would like to contact us that way. This show is wholly supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to join that elite group of friends, please click the link below and help us reach $400 a month. City of Mist is an RPG created by Son of Oak. You can find more of their products at sonofoak.com. The Misconceptions theme music was composed by Aaron Wharton. You can find more of his music at aaronwharton.net. And that is it for this week's episode of Misconceptions. I hope that y'all had fun. I hope that you're looking forward to the next episode. And I also hope that you keep it nerdy, y'all. All right. 
let's do some geeking out. So don't stop your recording. Yeah. That was a very emotional episode. I really liked it. Yeah, I'm so mad I can't tell if it's Faye or Tessa. (laughs) (laughs) What are you mad about? No one would talk. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to process everything and a little pissed at the DM, but it's fine. Yeah, you got some shit put on you. Mad at me? Yeah. For revealing stuff about your uh, dad and Javi? Not about my dad, about Javi. My dad is whatever, but my dad's best friend. (laughs) Don't you dare touch. I really like Castle, and Javi was a good guy in Castle, so I feel like you've just tainted his name. Oh. Uh, This character has nothing to do with that character, (laughs) besides the fact that he's Hispanic and has the name Javi. And he's a cop. Yes. (laughs) Three markers. I will also say I really liked Ren's interaction with Bill. I think that was a a really cool scene. I think that was a like an aspect of Ren that we've we've never really seen before in the in the show. Yeah, I think so. I really liked it. Yeah. Me and Bill getting along, being emotional and stuff yeah yeah this was a uh an info dump heavy episode yeah <laughs> have fun processing this <laughs> yeah connecting a lot of uh loose threads from season one and season two uh i felt like i told everyone uh, i i felt like in my head i told everyone about my stuff but then i guess i haven't so Pretty sure my dad is in the cabal. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm ready for it. And still alive? Question mark. Yeah. What if he is the leader of the cabal? Could be. He wanted to get out of the mafia. How do you get out of the mafia? Create your own mafia. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that. It's a step-by-step process, really. We'll, set, we'll have to see. Lots of loose threads that still need to be wrapped up. All the threads. But this is season three, baby. We're getting in it. We out here. We doing it. We doing it. All right. Let's answer some questions. Uh, And I thought of, so we have three questions that we always answer. Uh, How has the crew grown this session? Uh, Which character had the most meaningful interaction with your character this session? Which of the themes, which of your themes is under the most strain? If it collapses, which new aspect will show up in its place? But I wanted to add a uh, fourth question uh, for our table, uh, because I think we we are very good at being in the moment and role playing our characters and, you know, doing what we need to do in the moment. Uh, And sometimes we look back on choices that everyone made and we realize, oh, hey, that would have cracked one of my themes or that would have put a fade in one of my themes so i wanted to add kind of a fourth question of uh do you think uh do you think any of your themes were pit were pitted against each other and if so which ones do you think that that theme took a fade or a crack this session um so i wanted to to throw that out there uh because I mean, it's mechanically it's supposed to happen like in the session. But like I said, I think sometimes we can look back on it hindsight and realize uh, something that happened. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's kind of hard with the, like the pitting the themes like during the session of like figuring out are you pitting something against or a theme against a theme or something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so Jaime, did you want to go first? So with that question, I, I don't know how to put it, but I, I feel like my taken theme should be more cracked than it currently is. It only has one crack, but in reality, ever since we've been wanted, like that's taken a backseat. I haven't even... It feels like I haven't even tried to, or had time or anything to think about, think, think about my family, try to figure out the Bacab stuff, try to figure out how to get closer to solving this, because it, it seems like 
it's been double time and having to figure out how to not be wanted and to solve the city's mysteries. Yeah, definitely. And I think you, you as Bill, as the character of Bill, highlighted that with your uh, discussion about your family and being afraid that you're not going to get them back and afraid that that lead died with Jeremiah. Uh, I think you did a real good job of highlighting that this session. Uh, so yeah, so do you think your taken status takes a, a a crack? Yeah, I definitely do. What is uh what is your taken status at? Two two cracks. Two cracks. And what's your identity for that theme? Um, I'll get them back by any means necessary. Hmm. Yeah, and I definitely think, like you said, this is taking a back seat. Yeah. Oof. That's rough. I have felt like for like a, the past couple of episodes, like I haven't taken or the past couple of sessions, like it's definitely not been my focal point. And I was like, I have mm-hmm. to, I have to do something with this. Like it's, it's yeah. not being true to the character to just be like, Oh, this is fine. Yeah. I think you did a, a good job with that. Um, could you answer more than one question? Uh, it says, uh, each player can answer one or more of the following questions. Okay. So, uh, do you want to answer another one? I think I, I think I hurt Faye with mm. what I, what I said in my distance mm-hmm. and with her finding out about my past, she, she tried to be comforting and I think understanding, but I was not concerned at all about that. So. I definitely think, and I think it makes sense, like character wise, mm-hmm. like that should be there. So I'll give Faye a, a hurt. Okay. Well, I'm definitely giving her her point to Bill. Oof. Oof. I was already planning to. It wasn't because you gave me a her point. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, yeah, you give me a her point? Or you get a her point. <laughs> But, you know, Faye was working really hard to try to, like, work on this all together. And while Bill was obviously triggered and she wants to be compassionate towards that, she has this sense of urgency um, that doesn't feel matched. So that could be the crack, too, that there seem to be different for the crew. There seem to be different priorities for each person yeah definitely so uh all right so you take a hurt point on bill uh-huh so rin esther what do y'all think i'm giving Faye a help point because we seem to have connected again maybe okay how do you feel you connected with this session i think that i at least put an effort into not just being my tough like get over yourself kind of thing I mean, I was still that because I'm still Esther, but sure. like I made her tea and I, you know, whatever. So, okay. <laughs> Who gave me tea? I made her tea and yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it. Okay. So go ahead and take a, a help point on Faye and Rin mm-hmm. uh, or Zach. What question will you answer? Um, which one of your themes is under the most strain? I thought of a new improvement. Um, and it's really difficult uh, to choose between the improvements. But I thought, like, futuristic armor. Um, okay. Kind of, like, when I'm thinking about it, like, it's kind of similar to um, Bill's, where, like, his is, like, his, like, tattoo implants. Or, I mean, tattoo uh, things. Uh, but, like, with mine, mm. it's, like, as if the energy comes from my cybernetic implants i guess or just like Mm -hmm. my cybernetics in general and then creates like a blue energy field yeah or something either either for either for myself or like i'm even thinking like a like a bubble shield from like halo or something where it creates like a like a protection area where people could get inside or something yeah cool cool uh yeah, and I will I will point out that all of your other kind of mythos powers came from equipment the uh the future computer gave mm-hmm. you. So maybe uh like when when and if that time comes, the future computer like 
gives you some sort of new device or new armor that you can wear or something like that. Yeah. Uh, because they're trying to equip you to do your mission or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, and I didn't catch which, uh, which theme did you think was under the most strain? Uh, the um, Pascal and Associate. Okay, Pascal and Associates. So we, we've thrown out a few for those. So there's like a teleportation device, a flying car, uh, and now an armor, uh, possibly, or some sort of protection. Okay, so a, a couple of different routes we could go if that, if that theme cracks. Yes. Which I think it's only one away from cracking, right? Yes, it is one away from cracking. Okay. I also wanted to say that I wanted to give a help point to Bill. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, why do you think you give a help point to Bill? Uh, just because I felt like in that last kind of little bit of us talking and figuring things out that me and Bill connected and grew closer. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Plus one. Well, then, we will now do our nemesis role or our foreshadow role. Uh, Bill's um, nemesis showed up this session. Uh, he killed her. Mm -hmm. uh but since she showed up he will not have to roll this time um but with in regards to jesse uh even though she's dead some aspect of her could still show up to haunt him or maybe it's something that like she left in the living world to haunt him um but we'll we'll kind of see what happens with that uh but uh Rin and Esther, you need to roll 2d6, and Rin, you are going to add one, because it has been a one full session since uh, the guilt of what you have done has showed up, and Esther, your uh, presumed dead nemesis has not shown up uh, at all this season, so how many sessions have we had this season? Like recording sessions or how many yeah. episodes? Recording sessions. Oh, I don't know. Five? Four? This is five. Okay. So go ahead and roll with a plus five. <laughs> plus five. That's horrible. Eleven. I got a, eleven. I got eleven okay. as well. Okay. So. I mean, I got a twelve last time. So. That's true. <laughs> so Esther and Rin, you both have a ten plus. On your nemesis roll, uh, so Esther, the uh, your presumed dad, <laughs> presumed dad, uh, your presumed dead. <laughs> He's not dead. <laughs> could show up to somehow haunt you, and also Ren, the guilt of what you've done, could come back to haunt you. All right, cool beans. Well, then we'll pick it up next time on Misconceptions.